The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Puck loose in the corner. Ryan is able to fish it up, but then he turned it over to McDavid, and here comes Edmonton, three on two, left to right. McDavid to dry settle across. Back to McDavid. One timer. Connor McDavid has made it one nothing Edmonton. His 16th of the year. A beauty off a three-way passing play. Chase on with one final dish, and McDavid makes no mistake. There's the only puck to legally beat a goaltender tonight at Rogers Place, and the Edmonton Oilers have their third straight victory, their fifth straight on home ice. They beat the Calgary Flames 1-0 in the second edition of the Battle of Alberta this year. Miko Koskinen, the shutout, making 24 saves. Good goalie battle tonight. David Riddick, very good for Calgary as well. He turned aside 29. The Oilers up their record on the season to 16-12-2. Welcome inside Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. It is 9.58. You can reach us at 780 or by texting 630-630. Well, Rob, the goaltending continues to be a story here for the Oilers. Miko Koskinen is 6-0 at Rogers Place. Now three shutouts. Uh, and and he, he looks like a different goalie than what we saw in the preseason. But since the regular season started, he's been consistent. He gives them consistent good starts. He's, he's big in the net. He doesn't give up rebounds. Uh, he looks confident. He moves the puck confidently when he comes out of the net to play it. Uh, every start that he's given them has been a quality start. And again tonight, he, he, I don't think he was tested as as much as, as Riddish was in the opposite end with, with the high-quality chances. But every time he needed to make a save, he did. And he, I, he, there's a, now a, an inner confidence amongst the players in the room. And I don't know if they've had this in a long, long time where they feel that either goaltender can go in and they can get... Uh, get a win. They they feel that they're both their goalies can and steal games for them, and that's going to go a long ways. As as Hitch has talked about in the Western Conference, with the travel, with the back-to-back games, you need two goalies to be able to win hockey games for you. And what we've seen out of Cam Talbot the last couple, and obviously what we've seen consistently from Koskinen since he's been given an opportunity, the Oilers have that. One nothing. The Oilers win it. The only goal way back at 12:18 of the first period. McDavid gets his 16th. Chase on and Drysaitel with the assists. Oh, well, that was a a mistake made by the Calgary Flames in the offensive zone. Derek Ryan has the puck on his stick. You're going head to head against the McDavid line. You keep pucks in deep. You don't make hope passes. And Ryan made a hope pass up high without looking. It gets picked off, and all of a sudden the Oilers are coming with numbers. And uh, McDavid tr- makes the play to Drysdale. Drysdale makes a pass. He kind of fans on it, kind of gets tipped. But Chason, who, who has enough patience to not just throw the puck blindly, looks up, finds out where McDavid is, and, and puts a perfect puck right where McDavid needs it. McDavid just one-timed it with no, no questions asked, finds the open net, and all of a sudden the Oilers have a one nothing lead. When you play the Calgary Flames, you don't want to be chasing because when you start chasing, that means you start taking chances, what means they get odd man breaks. When you have a lead, you can play the game the way you want to, and today they played a Ken Hitchcock style of game. They smothered them. They gave the Calgary Flames nothing, especially as the game moved on. Calgary, the best third-period team in the NHL, 
plus 24 goal differential, 47 goals for coming into tonight. Not only did the Oilers keep them off the board in the third period, they hold them to just four shots on goal. Well, they did. Now, I mean, there was uh, the advantage of not having Giordano out in the third period. There's In the last minute and a half, I think his name's Anderson, number four for the Flames, had three wide open opportunities. All three went over the net. I mean, there's you cannot put pucks over the net when you're trying to score a goal late in a hockey game. But the Oilers kept everything to the outside. There was no odd man breaks. There was good backtracking. Uh, they were very smart with the puck in the neutral zone. A lot of chips in deep, forcing the puck down low, forcing the Flames to come the entire length of the ice to get a scoring chance. So it was a smart game. And again, Hitch is using everyone on his bench. And I think that's what Hitch loves. He loves having four lines he can put out there. And he'll, he'll switch the lines up. We saw that Lucic late in the game started playing with Nugent Hopkins for a while. Uh, I think there's a, there, the confidence just continuing to grow. And what we just talked upstairs with Bob, when, you got, when you're a new coach and you want your players to buy into something, and it's harder. It's hard playing for Hitch. He, he, he works you. He yells at you. He, he's constantly on you. But when you keep getting victories, it's easier to sell yourself as a coach when at the end of the night you're standing in the victory side. So uh, this team has got a belief in them. And I don't think right now they're just thinking playoff spot. I think this team feels that uh, their division is up for grabs. And tonight they played the best in the Western Conference. And it was a good hockey game. One nothing. Edmonton wins it. I said off the top that was the only goal that legally beat a goaltender tonight. Uh, 12-18 of the first period was the goal that counted. 12-18 of the second period was the one that didn't count. Anthony Peluso uh, has it deflect in off his leg. The Oilers challenged successfully for goaltender interference. Well, it was the right call. It's a call that we've seen go against the Oilers. We've seen ones that were a lot more obvious than that get allowed against the Oilers. So it was the break they needed. Uh, he, he impeded uh, the, the, the left leg of Koskinen, didn't allow Koskinen to put, put his pad where he wanted to be. It was a good call. It was a good, uh, you know, there's a video coach somewhere in the Oilers dressing room that's watching to make sure, and he relays that to Hitch very quickly on the bench. So it's good when video is brought in and the video corrects a mistake. And I think that one was a, a mistake that was corrected, and it was a huge break for the Oilers at that point, because the Calgary Flames, that was one of the pushes they had in the game. There was about four or five minutes there where they controlled the play. Big break for the Oilers, and then from then on in, I, the Flames really didn't get a whole lot of chances after that. I always feel with those goalie interference calls, I'm never sure where they're going to go because we've seen so many that we look at and think, okay, that's that's obvious, and then it, it doesn't go that way. But the Oilers get the get the break on that one tonight. Earlier this week, obviously, they got a goalie interference call go their way against the St. Louis Blues as well. So, hey, that, sometimes that's what happens in tight games too. You play well, but sometimes over 82 games, you need a break or two to say, yep, the, those were those extra two or three points we got along the way. Well, it's true, but I mean, in the, in also the Flames got some breaks too. Connor McDavid today has an unbelievable one-timer on his normal side. That's a hard one-timer right off the bar. He had Riddich beat cleanly. Calgary Flames got a break on that one. They just didn't take advantage of it. All right, the Oilers' power play was 0 for 5 tonight. They had three power plays in the last 15 minutes. One goal obviously would have put the, the, the game away. Last five games now, the Oilers' power play is 0 for 17. Yeah, I, I think part of it is just some bad breaks. I think they've created a lot of good chances. Um, sometimes the puck goes in for you, sometimes enough. It doesn't. Next game, they, they may go 3 for 4, and all of a sudden the six games segment won't look as badly. I think there's going to be a lot of things that Hitch sees on the power play he likes. Uh, the one thing the Oilers weren't as good at today as they normally are is bringing the puck up from their own zone. Uh, I think the Flames 
They know that the puck's coming to McDavid. They know he's going to try and carry it from his own blue line in, and they just closed it off on him. They weren't allowing him easy access, so there was a lot of plays at the blue line. They got turned over and back the other way. And another way, another reason their power play wasn't as good as the Flames, I, I don't think they were great on the faces, but they seemed to win a lot of faceoffs when shorthanded. And when you have to start chasing when you're on the power play, that's going to you know, eat up some time on the power play. So I, their power play will get better. I mean, it, to me, it was one where chances just didn't go in tonight. Yeah, Flames won 7 of 11 face-offs while shorthanded. Tonight, uh, the Oilers kill off uh, two power plays against them again, just like they did the other night against the Minnesota Wild. All right, one nothing. The Oilers win it over the Flames. We'll have post-game reaction from both dressing rooms as we move along tonight. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Uh, Broiler, is that your handle? Yep, that's me. Okay, Broiler, go ahead. No, I just wanted to say that I think the the team has been playing so much more better defensively under Hitchcock. I don't really think it would have mattered which goalie we dressed tonight. They just played such a smarter defensive game. Yeah, yeah, good point. I I think what we saw of Talbot the last couple games, he easily could have been in there. There weren't a lot of grade-A scoring chances by the Calgary Flames, and this is a team that we've seen... If you watch any of the highlights or you watch any, turn the TV on when they're playing, they score some pretty goals, like highlight real goals. They got a ton of talent up front. Uh, tonight, early in the game, they had two golden opportunities on odd man breaks. The Oilers thwarted those, and then after that, the Oilers tightened up and didn't give them those chances. What I like about the Oilers now, and Darnell Nurse talked about it after the game, is they're backtracking. The forwards backtracking. Guys like Johnny Goudreau, um, Neil. Um, players like Monaghan, they like coming in with speed and then stopping about 10 feet inside the blue line, curling back and looking for a trailer because the Calgary Flames have very good defensemen jumping up in the play. But the Oilers tonight, when those players turned and tried to make a play, there was a backtracking four that was on them. So they didn't have time to make that play. So I think that is something that Hitch stresses. It's constant. You, you are always in the play. Do not quit on a play. And I think the players are buying into that. And the teams they're playing against are just not having a lot of time to make plays. All right, Broiler, we are going to finish the play with you. If you're correct here, your name will go into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Carding. This is worth 1000 bucks. Fast Track Indoor Carding. Safe, adrenaline-pumping fun. Get them online, FastTrackCardingEdmonton.com. Anthony Peluso was just flattened by Matt Benning. We'll keep an eye on that. Peluso is a guy who's basically known for fisticuffs over parts of seven or eight NHL seasons. And Matt Benning, who can line you up, absolutely belted Anthony Peluso. All right, uh, we're going to do this for you tonight, Broiler. Uh, Anthony Peluso freshly called up from the Flames farm team. Is the Flames farm team in Stockton? or Glendon, Alberta? Stockton Heat. (laughs) Absolutely. I say that because we have a uh, Glendon native sitting right in front of us here at Studio 9. Glendon deserves a pro hockey team. I don't even know where Glendon is. Where is Glendon? Oh, my God. I have no idea. Can you believe this, Jeremy? This is unbelievable. Northern Alberta, I'm guessing? Well, yeah, it's northeast. Northeast? I don't even know which way east is. Which way is east? It's got the big pierogi. I thought that was Vagerville. No, that's the egg. Vagerville's got an egg. Glendon has the pierogi. There, uh, we got to go out I, there. And do I a feel show like we there. should uh, we should take a road trip out there. I want to see a big pierogi. 
You just want to eat a big pony. I actually, I this one care. is not edible, at least not safe for your health edible. The Oilers beat the Flames 1-0. It is uh, Stockton that is the Flames farm team. Broiler knew that, so uh, he's going into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Carding uh, Edmonton. Com. Oilers win it uh, 1-0 today. Uh, the goalie interference call negated a goal, and then Sam Bennett was also called for goaltender interference. He weaved in there through the Oilers' defense and then smacked into Koskinen. It, it was the right call. It, it's a call that you hate seeing uh, because it was an unbelievable rush by Bennett. He, he turned Nurse inside out, uh, got a great scoring chance, and the, the, if there would have been a goal there, it would have counted because the shot got off before he ran the goalie. But I saw him explaining, the referee explaining it to Bennett, that you could read his mouth when he was on the TV screen. He said he wasn't pushed, and he hit the goalie. And that's true. He went in full speed. Uh, I know it was on the play that he ran into the goalie, but he hammered Koskinen. So I thought that was the right play. there. there. And another thing, before we went further, I was looking at the stat sheet. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, six hits tonight. That's got to be a career high for R&H. Battle of Alberta, six hits. And three of the biggest hits that I have seen in a long, long time. The Benning hit on Peluso early in the game. Yep. The hit that Lucic had on, who did he get? He hit Hamannick. And he absolutely hammered him. I can't believe Hamannick got up. And then the third one was uh, Hathaway, I think. is Hathaway on uh, Gravel. Yeah. That was, again, I'm surprised Gravel got up on that. Was Those were three huge open ice hits that, uh, that's what you want in the Battle of Alberta. Oh, after the Lucic hit, Peluso jumped in there. The lines, as soon as a guy's helmet comes off now, they're, they're trying to jump in there. Because that, that fight had just started. Yeah, it, well, I mean, it, it's good. I'd hate to be the linesman that has to get in between two guys that want to go like that. Uh, I, I was a little surprised that there was a, an extra two to Peluso on that. I thought he was smart enough not to drop his gloves or throw a hit or throw a punch until Milan did. And good on Milan accepting, accepting the fight. So Peluso uh, uh, knew what his role was, and when he saw his player got run over by a train, he jumped in quickly. All right, so the Oilers win it. one nothing. They have won six of their last seven. More of your phone calls in a couple of minutes. But right now, courtesy GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here's head coach Ken Hitchcock. Hitch, uh, you talked about how you're going to learn a lot about your team uh, through these next three games, Calgary, Colorado, Winnipeg. We're one in, but uh, what did you learn about your team with that game? Well, first of all, Calgary's, they're a really good team. Their tempo that they play at puts a lot of pressure on you. Uh, I just, I thought we did a really good job in the first and third period. It got away on us a little bit in the second when we got caught in the stretch game, but I like I like how we stayed with it when we got an early lead. We didn't we didn't try to flex out. We got quality chances in the second period for the first half, but playing the right way. I I, I like the way we protected the lead in the third period, especially. So that to me is we're we're learning how to play as a unit of five. We're not spread out. Uh, that's a, that's a good sign, but it, w- it was a big test because this is the first time without practice that we've got challenged so much off the rush. They got so many good rush attack players, and I thought we did a decent job checking them. Ken, Miko Koskinen is now six and zero at home. He's got like three shutouts and a nine seventy two save percentage at, at home. He's been good all year for you, but. How much did you know about him even before this year? And now that you've seen him, what, what's your impressions of Koskinen and what you think he can do for your team moving forward? Oh, I know a lot about him because he played for he played for Zuby. 
in uh, St. Pete. So uh, when I came here, Zuby called me and told me all about him and told me what what he had in him. So I, I knew a lot about him. But he filled me in on everything and said he's a really competitive guy. Uh, he never quits on a shot. And he said he's a great teammate. And nothing, nothing Zuby said to me surprises me with what I see in, in Koski. And I've said this to everybody here. That's the strength of our team is our two goalies. Like They're going to get us points on the road when we get playing a lot of road games that maybe we don't deserve. But both guys are so competitive. And when they're playing like they are right now, they're so sound. They give us a chance every night, even if we get outplayed, to win. And I think Koski's a guy that, to me, uh, he can be imposing because he's so big and he covers the net so much that there's not much to look at. Hitch, is there so anybody in the hockey world you don't know? These people call you. Well, you've been in it 152 years. You, you know a lot of people. <laughs> uh, Milan Lucic looks like he's thoroughly enjoying the role he's in now, and maybe he will score a goal because he's just, you know, morphed into the role he's got, and he's said the same sort of role he had when he played junior hockey. And uh, is that how you see it? Yeah. Well, again, on the people I know. Who'd be the first guy I'd call about Milan? Don. Hey. And Hazer loved him and used him a certain way, and we I've copied it. So I didn't invent this. I copied it after talking to people. I think that he's been a, he's played great since the day I came here, uh, and that line's been terrific. And, they, and I'm not afraid. They they played they played a second half, a big part of the second half against. Uh, Gaudreau and and did a good job and they they do it in a different way they don't they don't counterattack they forecheck and led by Luch and Cass and it's just a good line it's a good third line and I think eventually they're going to chip in and start scoring I, I think they have to the one element that they need to be a little bit better at is they got to be they got to be more aggressive to the net with the puck sometimes they they allow themselves to stay on the outside and I think if we can teach and work with them on that I think the line has a chance to be really good. Um, Ken, um, it really looked like you guys made a conscious effort not to get involved in that stuff after the whistles. It, it looked like, um, I know that's tough to do sometimes. Was that the message hammered home? Just don't get involved in that, play between the whistles and try not to get suckered into anything? Well, the message was until the damn teams around us won, we, we thought we were going to get in the playoffs as of today. And... Uh, that was two points, and we needed the two points more than anything, and that was the whole focus. Whatever we got to do for two points, we'll do. And if, if there's a disturbance, we, we need to be there as a group of five. And Calgary was the same way. I, I thought this was, a, this was a playoff game played by both teams. I thought it was a really sound, well-played hockey game. We still had lots of scoring chances, and they had scoring chances, especially in the second period. But overall, it was a playoff game. Every puck battle mattered. Every loose puck, there was a battle for a race. That's what playoff hockey's about. And I think games like this and the game we're going to obviously play in Colorado is going to challenge us to play at a whole other level. And we're going to have to have the energy to do that. But, but when you get experiences like this, you really grow as a team, especially when you win the game. All right, that's head coach Ken Hitchcock now 7-2-1 behind the Oilers bench. And they are 16-12-2 on the season, a 1-0 win tonight over the Calgary Flames twice. 
under Ken Hitchcock, they have won a game, won nothing. And I remember uh, Todd McClellan, uh, late in his days here with the Oilers, he said, could we win a game, won nothing? And he said, right now, I don't think we could. I, I still, I mean, somebody's texting and he goes, do you think Todd McClellan lost the, lost the team? Why are they so, I mean, I didn't. No, no. no. I, I, it's funny, Ryan Rashad, I, I saw him do, do a thing on that, and he's someone that's in the dressing room all the time, and he said, not a chance. So I, I, I don't believe he did. I think it's a, it's a, to me. I, I understand why people ask that, but it's it's kind of an easy out. I think yeah. to say, oh well, they they stopped caring or they didn't respect the guy or or whatever. Coaches try. Coaches use different tactics, and I've I've never heard a single. And I and I've I, I know some of the players. I do events. I've never heard a single player say a bad thing about Todd. I think the biggest difference with uh, with Hitch is his goaltending has been excellent have been where the goaltending wasn't great under Todd McCullough. And, and I think they're paying more attention to details that they had been paying attention to under McClellan earlier in his tenure and they probably needed a new voice or a new way yep. to be reminded about it. Um, but I don't think that that means the players have totally given up on a coach or, or were no. thought he was out to lunch. And, and look, coaches get recycled. I'm sure Todd McClellan will coach again. How many times has Hitch been maybe not written off but how many times have you heard, well, Hitch is going to retire? Maybe, the, well, maybe Hitch, maybe Hitch, the game's, uh, the passed, game's him passed him by. Yeah, well, many times. And I've heard, well, he can't, he's not able to get through to the younger players. That's another criticism that you hear from Hitch. But you always hear those things at the end of someone's tenure when uh, things aren't going well. But he's come in here and he, he's been exactly what this Oiler team did, needed. I don't know if there's many others out there that could have come in and done the job with the pressure that's on this, this team because of... You know, the city and everything it's gone through with having a star player in McDavid. I, I think Hitch was the perfect fit, and right now everything's going well for him. And it's, it's still, we're a long ways away from the end of the season. We're just past the, the one-third mark. But it's, it is, there's other teams that have made coaches changes, and there's always supposed to be the honeymoon period. Right. But the, the Oilers' honeymoon period has been extended where teams like Chicago, they haven't gotten any better under a new coach. St. Louis Blues, they haven't gotten any better under a new coach. So give Hitch credit for what he's done and give the players credit for responding to what the, the demands and the asks that Ken, Ken Hitchcock's out of them. one nothing. the Oilers beat the Flames. Koskinen, the shutout, his third on home ice. 780-496-0063. We have Jim standing by. Hey, Jim, thanks for the call. Oh. Yeah, go ahead, Jim. Yeah, um, I just want to give uh, some credit to Calgary. They got off of the ice last night about 10.30, quarter to 11, and it's three, three games in four days. So I think they were a little bit tired, too. Well, back-to-backs for sure. They got a good team. I mean, they, they got a deep team. They applied a lot of pressure in the, in the second period. Their goaltender, who didn't play last night, was one of the best players in the game, yep. if, not, if not the best. So... They're a good team. I mean, they're 19, 10, and 2. They still lead the division. So, absolutely, they deserve a lot of credit. And I'm sure we'll continue to get some throughout the season because they got a pretty good squad and they were without a couple key players tonight in Giordano and, and Backlund. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was a good hockey game. I thought both teams played well. And the team that got the, the best break was also the team that was the better team. I thought the Oilers deserved this victory. All right, one nothing. The Oilers win it. Do we have Bill Peters standing by, Patrick? All right, let's go down to the Flames room for BDO First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees. Here's Peters. 
Well, Bill, it seemed as this game wore on, uh, offensive chances became harder to find. I mean, how would you describe sort of the way that this game started to go? Oh, I liked us in the second period. I thought we built a game. I thought we were real good in the second. We stayed out of the box. And in the third, we took three and tacked some guys. And then hard to mount a push when you're on the kill. And just talk a little bit about Connor McDavid's goal there in the first period. Um, I know that was David Riddick really played a great game. And kind of yeah, that. real good. Ritter was good. We had a good weekend. Uh, not happy with the result, obviously, but happy with the effort. Happy uh, the fact we gave up one last night and one again here tonight. So some positives in the game, and uh, it looks like we're running on fumes a little bit to me. So a day off tomorrow will be real good for our guys. How much do you think fatigue played into that one tonight? Well, I, I didn't think it was fatigue as much as the momentum they gained by their power play. We continually put it on the ice, especially in the third when we're trying to push and come back and we're continually killing and you're taxing guys and makes it real hard. makes it harder than it needs to be. It's already a tough task and it makes it real hard. And we're minus three, I think, on penalties. I haven't looked at a sheet, but I know we took three in the third and uh, it's not like us. How can you quantify how much you missed Mark Giordano and Michael Backlund in a game like this? Well, you know what? You, they're good players. Uh, you know, you look around the league right now, everyone's got guys out. So nobody's going to feel sorry for you. And I thought uh, we dug in defensively both nights. Uh, both goaltenders played real well. Penalty kill was real good on the weekend. So we'll take some positives, some good ice time for some guys. I thought Jankowski really uh, did a good job in, in Bax's absence. And we don't know how long that's going to be. So he'll continue to grow and evolve as a player. I know, obviously, you mentioned the week ahead, but you've played some really good hockey. You oh, talked yeah. about that this morning, and it's not like you don't want to let this be a blow. Well, it was a good really. game tonight. Two good teams. This is five straight for them at home. Like, you know, two good teams going at it. One nothing hockey game. Had some chances. You know, we would have liked to have more in the third, but I thought we had some good looks. Um, so no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not disappointed at all in the way we're playing. I like the way we're playing. Day off comes at a good time. Then we get a practice also. That's really good for us right now. A day off followed by a practice, and then we play Philly at home. I know when you, you get into a situation like the overturn goal, it could probably go one of two ways. But you know, what, how did you make it the response, even though the disappointment oh, there? Good. For that was our best period, and it was the second period. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of disappointment. Those things go to review. It took quite a while, so you're thinking you're hopeful when it goes to review that the call on the ice is going to stand. Satisfied with your state of your goaltending these days, then. <laughs> Well, I like our team. Yeah. I like our team. There's not much. Uh, there's not much I don't like, and I like the fact we're getting better all the time. Okay. Thank you. All right, Scott Johnson working the Flames dressing room tonight. That's their head coach, Bill Peters. Edmonton beating Calgary one nothing. Edmonton 16-12-2. Flames have their five-game winning streak snapped. They are 19-10-2. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown inside Studio 99, 780-496-0063. We have Alex on the line. Hey, Alex, go ahead. How's it going there, guys? Good. Well, you know, like uh, I just wanted to get your advice about like what what if uh, if you were to to uh, play GM for a day, what would you do? That's all I gotta say. Well, if I were to play GM for a day, well, right now I wouldn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think they they they've just changed the coach, so you, you have to see the impact Hitch continues to have long term. I think we know the Oilers' deficiencies are consistent support scoring, or more, con I guess, more consistent support scoring. And you could always use more defensemen, but do they have things they want to give up to get those from other teams? Because a lot of teams are looking for those similar yeah, types of and things. I, th I think right now, Hitch is probably pretty happy with his third pairing. I mean, Gravel and, and Benning, they're getting third pairing minutes, but they've been good. I, I don't think he has any... 
any doubts about putting them out on the ice in situations that he knows that they're going to have success in. So consistency on the wings is probably something they're looking for. But I think right now, I think Hitch and Peter and the other organization are really liking what he's seeing from his team. So as GM right now, I think I just sit and wait and see where this team is as a month from now. And, and then decide what you're going to do and if you need to do something. Oilers beat the Flames one nothing. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game like they did on Friday against Mini, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Japanese Village, Edmonton South, downtown Northside, and Sherwood Park. Back to the low-scoring games after the <laughs> 7-2 game on Friday. Uh, but I'm sure that the fans will, will, will enjoy the, the win, if so, not the steak and shrimp so, <laughs> at yeah, your the, table. The win is the priority. The Japanese village is, is the nice bonus. Is definitely, definitely the bonus. Alright, 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Cam to the show. Hi, right, go ahead, Cam. How's it going, guys? Good. Hey, I was going to say, uh, Rob, you were wondering how many games Talbot's record was in Colorado. It looks like he was 3-0 in 2015 in Colorado. Well, then I guess Bob Stoffer might be right. That might be where you play him. I think that's what they're going to do the next two games is find out where they feel the goaltenders will have both success, I think, or more success. I think both goaltenders will play in the next two games, and I think they both have earned the opportunity to play. And I think Hitch is going to like the fact that he can pick and choose where his goalies play based on how they've played there before, not based on having to play one. Uh, both of them have been excellent as of late. Cam, we got you. I'm here. Are you guys there? Yep. Did you have another question? Yeah, I was just going to mention a couple other quick points. Um, I said the other day about Dreisaitl looking like just skating, maybe it was a little bit off. But then I got watching tonight, and I, I came to the conclusion, Hitch has these guys stopping on puck. So... It's not the same free, free flow type of uh, movement and motion, so they look a little bit more cumbersome, but they're playing the game the right way. So that's one thing. The other thing I was going to say is, you know, just simple things like, Rob, you mentioned backtracking, but coming back hard to the blue paint, the other thing, too, is our defenseman and fi- final point here. Um, you know, they're playing more of a front post now and, and just playing just simple defensive zone coverage collapsing and making it real difficult to get to the blue paint so like he doesn't reinvent the wheel or like that he's just good simple basic hockey so it's been really encouraging so real good yeah yeah i think you know sometimes with bigger players too when they might have an off night or don't have the energy level you know, some, I think sometimes they have a tendency to look a little more. It's more noticeable. They're really trying yeah. to get it going, or, or it takes, as opposed to one or two strides to get to top speed, maybe it takes four, four, five, or six. And, you know, I still think Dreisaitl skates. Remember the first year he was here, how many questions we got about his skating? Those <laughs> yeah. eventually went away pretty fast, especially when, when he went up to McDavid's line. But I think, I th- and you touched on this with Cam last time he called in, and, and you've talked about this a lot, Rob, and from your experience as a player, a, a player giving his maximum effort doesn't mean he looks the same every night because the tank doesn't the tank no you're players right. always going to say well i'm giving my full effort but the tank's not always at the same level going into every game too. yeah and, and and as players it's funny mark recce and i when we played in pittsburgh we used to be in warm-up together and 
we would stand there in, in line to shoot. How's it feeling tonight? Oh, I'm not sure. Okay, all right. We'll play smarter tonight. We don't have the legs. We'll play smarter tonight. And, and that's what players do in warm-up. They see how they feel. It's like you go to work every day. Some days you feel great. Some days not as good. Unfortunately for hockey players, it's a physical sport. And so when, you, when the legs aren't there, that's when you have to use your head a little bit more. And the one thing about Leon Dreisaitl, his head is as good as any in the National Hockey League when it comes to thinking the game. So that's what uh, yeah, tonight I, I thought he was good. And anytime you win a game one nothing, you've done a lot of good things right. Third win in a row for the Oilers. We're going to take a quick break for the 10.30 news. Mike is up next on the open line. You'll hear from Milan Lucic, who got involved tonight with a couple of body checks and a fight. We're live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Bennett uses a screen out to him and it could drive. Tipped wide of Koskinen. Rebound wide open in front. Ryan denied. Rebound. What a save on Bennett by Miko Koskinen. Another appreciative roar for Miko Koskinen with back-to-back point-blank denials. Late in the second period, Miko Koskinen coming up big for the Oilers. His saves of the game for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. JiffyLoopService.ca. Koskinen doesn't even look like the same goaltender we saw in the preseason. He is now 9-3-1. He's 6-0 on home ice with three shutouts, 24 saves today. McDavid gets the only goal. The Oilers knock off the Flames. One zip. Let's go back down to the Oilers' room for GCL Diesel, genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices, gcldiesel.com. Here is Miko Koskinen. Every day, and we can still get better. Sorry, Miko, just jumped in late, but uh, what, what's... What is it about home ice that's working for you? Because you've been so good here, and you prove it again tonight. No, I don't think there's any any secrets. Just maybe a little bit lucky, and you know, I, I really don't know. I don't, I don't focus that. Every game is different, and you have to prove prove yourself every day. And it doesn't matter if it's a home or away ice. You made a really good save in the end of the second period there with the guy Ryan. I think was about five feet from you. Dove out. It was still a one-nothing game. It was a really good stop. Yeah, you know, today we played really well. We didn't give like much of chances, so I need to keep my team in when they, you know, of course there can be some chances we can't like all chance them like 60 minutes. So it's uh, I need to step up when they got those. So they didn't get a lot of shots in the third period. The orders, unlike Calgary, the orders shut them down in terms of shots. Yeah, we play we played really well in the third. You know. I think that's a good good sign for everyone in this team, and I'm just so happy for the guys there. But a hard, and we deserve the win tonight. All right, Miko Koskinen, incredible story. Helps the Oilers beat the Flames one nothing tonight. The Oilers now on the road for two. Colorado Tuesday, Winnipeg Thursday, home to the Flyers on Friday. That's the next three games. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Inside Studio 99. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Just want to quickly check the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals. Daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. The Golden Knights over the Stars, 4-2. Ducks outlast the Devils, 6-5 in a shootout. Canadians edge Chicago 3-2. Bruins beat the Senators 2-1 in overtime. Winnipeg pounding Philadelphia 7-1. The Canucks win 6-1 over the Blues. So you heard a lot of Pacific Division teams in there winning. The Oilers are a point out of a playoff spot. One point behind 
both Vegas and San Jose. When the tiebreakers are applied, San Jose has third in the Pacific. Vegas has the second wild card. Dallas has the first wild card, also with 35 points. The Oilers with 34. What's amazing, Rob, is the the Pacific Division, a a lot of teams have gone on runs here. The Oilers are 7-2-1 in their last 10. Vegas 8-2 in their last 10. Anaheim 8-2 in their last 10. Calgary 7-2-1. In their last 10, uh, San Jose has gone 4-4-2. So the Oilers have had this great run, haven't even haven't even made up ground on, on Vegas and Anaheim. They've, they're actually a point better than Edmonton in the last well, 10. What's funny is a while back, probably two, three weeks ago, we talked about the fact that we felt that the Oilers had a good chance of, uh, of being a playoff hockey club if they get things going the right direction simply because... We didn't feel that the Pacific Division was a strong division. Well, it's turned out that we were wrong because the Pacific Division is playing very well right now. Calgary Flames was leading the Western Conference going into tonight's game. So uh, the Oilers are in tight, but they're playing just as well as any other team in the National Hockey League. All right, we're going to have a special guest here joining us in about a minute. But quickly, let's go to Mike at 780-496-0063. Mike, go ahead. Hello. Hello. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. I was just thinking it was a pretty good game, being a slow-scoring game, but there was some excitement there. Just kind of wondering about a trade you guys think about. What about Nurse? I love Nurse and Nuge. The Gosses Bear and Couturier. You think that would be a good trade or what? Nurse and Nuge for Gosses Bear and Couturier. I, I like Nurse and I like Nurse and Nuge better. I do. And I think right now, the way the Oilers are playing, I don't think that Peter Shirelli is going to make any moves. I think that let's ride this out with Hitch and see how far they can go and how if they can continue to play as well as they are. But I don't think when you've got something working that you want to change it right now. All right, we have a very special guest joining us here in Studio 99, celebrating his 50th year on Hockey Night in Canada, Bob Cole. Bob, thanks a lot for dropping by. Well, it's a pleasure. <laughs> It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, we're doing a post-game show, so I'm going to ask you what everybody asks me. And Rob, what did you think about the game tonight? Well, uh, I'm going to take a chance by saying I didn't think the game was a great hockey game in as much as the checking was so close. But it was great to see McDavid score the first goal, right? Uh, and uh, I think it got such a, a winning future here. It's... I think they're going right back to the great days at Edmonton in the 80s with all those cups. That, that, that wouldn't surprise me that that's coming, you know. Oh, so you've seen over the, the number of years you've been doing this and with Hockey Night in Canada, you've seen a lot of great players that have come through. Where do you see Connor McDavid? I know it's young in his career, but you've seen all the greatest. Where do you see him and, and where his future could take him? Well... The sky's the limit with this young man. I mean, the, the character of him, just to talk to him, and I've had the pleasure of doing that just a few times, but enough to know that he's from a classy family. He's a very polite young man. And uh, I think he's the most talented young hockey player I've ever seen. And I haven't... Uh... Okay. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> We've got some fans worried if Bob might be a little thirsty. <laughs> but no, uh, I've never seen a player that fast, uh, truly. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of great ones, as you've just said. I've seen all the great ones. And, uh, but this is something special, very special. 
Uh, yeah, you've got a great future. Now you got Hitchcock back coaching in his hometown, and I can tell you, talking to him today, he's he's so happy. It's great to see. You know, you got great things coming here, Bob. You you know you you've become such a, a big part of hockey for so many Canadians because your voice is associated with so many great moments in in the playoffs and and throughout seasons and, and Olympics. What what's it like for you to go to rinks across the country now and get the kind of reception and, and welcomes that you got tonight? You never get a reception uh, in places like Edmonton. Uh, this is this is special for me. Uh, when when the young guys came on and I was really just getting going myself in the 80s and had uh, you had such a great team with with Gretzky he's still the top guy in my in my thoughts. Uh, no, Edmonton is special, very special. I'm delighted that the evening worked as well as it did. Thanks so, to Mr. Metz and other people, but, uh, and Connor McDavid and you fans. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So tonight was a huge rivalry game, Edmonton Calgary. Huge rivalry. Of all the, of all the years you've been doing this. Which rivalries have stuck out? Like, I know that there's been some great ones in the Battle of Alberta, but is there other ones that you've been around that you're like, okay, you know what, there's something special when these two teams play against each other? No, there have been too many, actually, you know. <laughs> really. But, you know, when you think about Edmonton, when they stopped the rush that the Islanders had going, I mean, and that became a, a darn good rivalry for such a, you know, a young team like Edmonton and a confident veteran team, so to speak, like the New York Islanders. I tell you, there's been an awful lot of them, but uh, now that Calgary has caught on like they have, I don't get to see them that much. As you know, I live in Newfoundland, and it's uh, three and a half hours to Calgary and four and a half to Vancouver, and time-wise. Yeah. So I'm up kind of late a lot of these nights, but I, I like it. And... Uh, and I think you got it. I think I said it on the air tonight. The rivalry is looking pretty sharp again. This, this is going to be a great year for you. Well, Bob, thanks so much for dropping by Studio, yep. Studio 99. I know you had, had a busy night and still some people will want to meet you. But just a pleasure to have you on, uh, on our show. And, and, and thank you so much for everything you brought to the game of hockey and to hockey in Canada. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, it's been a great day. Right on. Yeah. That is Bob Cole checking in on uh, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line right here on 6.30 Chet as the Oilers knock off the Calgary Flames 1-0. We're going to take a quick timeout, and then we're back to Studio 99. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 6.30 Chet. All right, the Oilers beat the Flames 1-0 tonight at Rogers Place. They have won six of their last seven. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in Studio 99. Not bad. We're doing a show, and Bob Cole drops by. That's pretty fun. That is pretty cool. It's funny. I went on today just reading about Bob. He's, he's been in the Hockey Hall of Fame for like 25 or 30 years already, still doing games and still... It, 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 there's certain voices that you hear that as soon as you hear them, oh, that, that's Bob, and it just soothes you. It's like it takes you back somewhere. So it's good to see he's still doing hockey games and was here to call a win for the Edmonton Oilers in the Battle of Alberta. All right, uh, quickly a couple texts to get to. Koskinen, people are asking if he could win Rookie of the Year. He cannot. He's too old. There's an age limit. When did they put the age limit in? Oh, when Makarov won. Right afterwards? I think the right very afterwards. next day. Uh, Jeremy, as soon as the helmet came off, that's why they're stopping the fights. 
with Lucic and uh, and Peluso. So just a couple things there on the text line. As the Oilers win it one nothing over the Flames. Troy is on the open line. Troy, we sorry we made you wait, but we picked Bob Cole ahead of you tonight. But uh, you're on now, Troy. Go ahead. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? Doing well. Pretty good. Um, I just wanted to say the Oilers played a great game, and it all started from the first period when the hitting started to go to get going, and that's what got them the momentum. And David played great, and it was great to hear and watch the game with Mr. Bob Cole. It was really, that was really awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, the Oilers are, you know, it's funny, Rob, you, it, it, the game's fast. you got to have guys that can skate, but I don't think, and I know the physicality is different than maybe it was, you know, obviously you can always go back a decade and say, well, it used to be this, but, I mean, it, it's still a physical game. You still, like Hitch just said, you still need to lean. You still need to grind. And the Oilers are, I mean, we, you know, four or five years ago, we used to do shows where, Okay, well, great. They got 30 shots, but they were all from 30 feet or more. Uh, I mean, they're they're able to, to play that type of game a little more often. Sometimes it doesn't pay off. Sometimes uh, speed might might beat them, but it, it is still helpful. Well, it, you got to play to your strengths too. I mean, Peter Shirelli went out and and found size, and he wanted to play play big hockey. And obviously, you you've got to have skill level, to, a high skill level to play with your size, but. When Hitch came here, he put that one line together with Lucic, Cassian, and, and Brodziak. And he, and he he wasn't so much about creating offense. It was creating havoc. And what I like about them is they know what their role is. They know what their strengths are. They get across the red line. They're not trying to beat guys one-on-one. They're not trying to make pretty little plays at the blue line. They're chipping pucks in behind the defenseman, and they're getting in on the forecheck. When they get on the forecheck, they're physical. And then once they, that first hit is laid in a, in, in a forecheck, the puck goes around the other side. Now you've got the defending team running around. The, puck, the passes are never tape, tape to tape, so when a t- player's taking his, the puck off the boards, that's when the second check comes. And that guy just trying to get rid of the puck, he moves it up the boards. Player trying to find the puck on the boards, that's when the third check comes. And that's why the, 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 that line, the Brodziak line, has such good offensive zone time, is once they get the first hit, then all of a sudden, they, the Calgary Flames tonight, for example, they start running around, and they can't make a good exit pass. And they're constantly looking down for pucks, trying to find pucks, trying to find space, and the Oilers just continue to press. So the physicality of that line just was uh, contagious. And then you have other players. I mean, Nugent Hopkins, six hits. Matt Benning had, might have been the biggest hit of the game at that time. Absolutely railroaded Peluso, a tough guy. So uh, hitting is contagious, and the Oilers have got to take advantage of what strengths they have. They are a bigger team than a lot of teams in the National Hockey League. That's our adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Mike in Grand Prairie is on the line. Mike, go ahead. Hey, Reed. Hey. What a day. I uh, played in a hockey game at the community rink at 2 o'clock today, and that was a hell of a time. And then uh, got into this hockey game tonight. And, uh, you know, you see a lot of body checks where people just kind of rub shoulders, but there was a few flush ones tonight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that hit by Lucic, man, that's... <laughs> That, that was a that was a throwback hit. We haven't. I, I don't know if we see hits like that too much more in NHL. I mean, he, he got all of them there. Now, Mike, was there that caliber of hitting in your game at the community rink? Uh, well, I tried to line up my son, but I kind of missed him. <laughs> Those kids of ours—they always seem to get a little quicker every year, too. <laughs> 
He's got 20 years on me, so. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, awesome. Glad you got to come to the game today. We appreciate it. Really good goaltending at both ends tonight. Koskinen gets the shutout. David Riddick, very good for the Calgary Flames. His remarks for BDO, First Call Debt Solutions, Bankruptcies and Consumer Proposals, License Insolvency Trustees. Can you just uh, you know give us your assessment on a night where um, chances offensively were a little difficult to come by? I mean, it's always uh, uh, the worst lose if it's uh, one nothing for them. On, I mean, I mean we we didn't play uh, our game very much of the game, and uh, we, we we just should be better next time. How did you feel back there? I mean, obviously, a couple of breakaways in the uh, second period, uh, but did all you could. I mean, uh, that's why I'm in the net, you know, and I felt great, and but didn't help. Can you take us through um, the McDavid goal? I mean, he's one of the best players in the world. It's a, a pretty tough play for, for anybody. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, uh, we, we made a mistake there, and uh, we went two guys on, on one, and uh, uh, he was there alone, so... Uh, we, we had to talk about it, and uh, I, I think uh, next time we'll be better. David Riddick, 29 saves, but takes the loss tonight. Koskinen, a 24-save shutout, one nothing Edmonton. Raj, our face-off trivia winner, going all the way back to that classic Game 7 in the first round between the Oilers and Flames. Teakin in a hat trick, including the overtime winner. The Oilers won 5-4. Raj knew that Glenn Anderson and Anatoly Semenov got the other two Edmonton goals. He goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. AlpineCredits.ca Phil is on the line. Phil, go ahead. Hey, Rob Reed. How's it going? Doing great. You know what? A really good old-time hockey game tonight. A lot of hitting, not a whole bunch of scoring. Um, I listened to it on 6.30 chat here with, uh, with Jack Michaels. Um, I spoke about this when I called in before. And what I found is, uh, with regards to his announcing, he did a really good job second and third period. was was a little bit talking too much about player stats while the play, play was going on. We don't get to see that out here in Radio Land number one. Number two, the coaching. Um, since Hitch came in, and you alluded to this uh, earlier in, in your show, he put together the uh, Lucic, Cassian, Brodziak line. And the thing is, is that what he's done, as compared to what Todd was doing, is he stuck with it. And that's something that Todd hadn't, wasn't doing. Todd was constantly line-changing, and we were agreeing with that's what he should have been doing. But now, if we go back in history, and now everybody talks about two years ago when we went to the playoffs, right? Now, at the beginning of that year, okay, we had three lines hitting. We had the McDavid line scoring, we had the Dreisaitl line scoring, and we had the Lucic line scoring until about this time of the year. Then all of a sudden, those three players were on one line. Remember, Maroon was playing with, with McDavid. Susan, that thought... I don't know whether it was a decision that Todd made to tear apart the three winning scoring lines and make one, or was he instructed to do that from higher up? No, he would he would have done that on his own. I remember that yeah that first season, or the, sorry, the season two years ago, I, the very first game, McDavid centered Everly and Lucic, and Drysital centered Maroon, and I can't can't remember who the yeah, other one had... was, but eventually Maroon. Dreisaitl and McDavid emerged as that, that deadly line yes. for that season. Pouliot was on the team. Uh, Letestu was on the fourth line. Cassian was on the fourth line. Kara wound up being a regular. 
But, I mean, when it comes to switching lines, it, it wasn't just Todd McClellan. You look around the National Hockey League. I mean, tonight, uh, the Calgary Flames, their, their number one line all year long is Monaghan uh, with Lindholm and Goudreau. They were split up tonight. Lindholm was moved off. Neil was moved on. The teams struggle. They start putting their, they start changing lines around. So every team does it. Uh, it wasn't just Todd tonight. Hitch had Lucic tonight playing in the third play with Nugent Hopkins. Every coach does it. All right, you can get more on this game on 630Ched.com. Edmonton winning 1-0 over Calgary. Next up at Colorado on Tuesday, 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock puck drop here on 630Ched. Thanks to our studio producer, Patrick Bauer, our engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. The final Oilers 1, Flames, Zilch. Have a good night.